praises each and every one. We are happy to have you on our broadcast this evening. I pray that the mercy and grace of a God of all creation has been evident in your life in this day. This evening's uh, subject is going to be quite interesting, Christians and the fear of death. My first question is, how is it that we can profess the mercy and the grace of a God of all creation and be afraid of what we call death? There's a lot that I want to uh, present to you this afternoon. Um, there's a revelation that I got about this thing that we call death. We know that people who have died and been brought back. Uh, hold on for one second. People who have died and come back, or should we say been brought back, have come back with a word about what they saw on the other side. And before we get into that, I want to start with the foundation. Let's look at life itself. When a child is born in his mother's womb, at conception, he has begun to live. Life is something that is evident to him. However, it's life in a world that is outside of ours. The life that a fetus lives within a mother's womb is a life surrounded by water and a life in darkness. There's no light to be found. There is no oxygen or air to be found around him. This is the life that he's gotten used to. And along the path, suddenly, the water that has been a life-giving sustenance is gone. When the mother's water breaks, the environment around that child has changed dramatically. No longer can he feel the warm comfort of the fluid within her uterus. Something's wrong. Now, when everything that we know as being life begins to change, we, we see it as dying. A child in the womb, when the mother's water breaks, his world, as he's come to know it, is falling apart. The next thing that he sees is a light at the end of a tunnel. Isn't that ironic? Because a child coming from the womb into the world as we know it, is virtually experiencing what he thinks is death because life as he knows it is shifting into another plane. And the first thing that he sees is light at the end of a tunnel. I'm going to come back to that because there, there are some details I want to give about that light at the end of the tunnel. But what is it also that we see in people who have died and been brought back? They've said that they saw light at the end of a tunnel. Now, just as a child being born, once he goes into the light, there's no putting him back. <laughs> and by the same token, no one has ever been revived from death and spoke of that light and was able to tell what they encountered at the other end where that light was. The fear of death. Is it not? the fear of the unknown. So what is it 
about death that we don't seem to understand. First of all, what is the light at the other end? We know it to be the spirit of God. Could it be the very element of judgment that we are afraid of? When a child is coming from his mother's womb, he's offended by the light. When he's pulled out of his mother's womb, his hands go up with an attempt to cover his eyes. He does not desire the light. The light is something that is foreign to him, something from an outside element, and he doesn't want it. But as time passes, he realizes that this is the realm that he's in, and the light is good. So why is it that we go through the same process even at the end of what we call life now? As we go through this life, there are so many things that are brought to us by the presence of the Holy Spirit. The revelation of things, I won't say unseen, because those of us who walk in the ordinance of Christ Jesus, we see everything that is right. The scriptures say these are they that have even their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. But as we go through this life, we differentiate between what it is that we desire to accept and what we choose to reject. We go through this life offended by the light, the light of the Spirit of God, the very light of revelation that gives us power to endure, the very light that will set us in transition into the next life. We are offended by the light because it doesn't always serve our purpose. We are offended by the light because it too often brings revelation of the things that we desire to embrace that we must let go of today. We are offended by the light because it reveals our lacks. We are offended by the light because it demands that we die to self. If a man would experience something, will he not be aware of it? Will he not be more, I I guess you would say, chastened into receiving it? Well, we look at death and we only consider it to be a one-time element. James 1, 13 through 18 says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away out of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, When lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh from the Father of lights, the Father of lights, the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, of his own will he begot us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. When a man knows that there is sin within his life, sin of any level, sin on any perspective, 
His spirit perceives death. James 1, 13, 16, 15 again. When lust have conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Because of the entity of sin in our lives, and I want you to understand something. When we think sin, we think murder. We think robbing. We think the worst things first. But sin has so much left of a beginning. Because where there's jealousy and malice and strife, there's every evil work, every evil work. One of the greatest entities that we encounter even within the body of Christ today is addiction. Addiction because of the spirit of jealousy. When we see things being performed that are beyond our own comprehension, we become jealous of those things, and we initiate the spirit of addiction which lives in us, and we are too often addicted to our own power, our own authority, our own ability to cast things down, to change things outside of God's order or what it is that God is doing. The question that I would pose to you today is, Can you honestly say that you are in a position where you are ready to serve the Lord of glory in every manner, in an understanding of the fact that we must first die to self? If we live through this life and we are offended by the light, the purpose of the light is to uncover hidden entities within us, to reveal the sides of us that we do not want to see. The purpose of the light is to eliminate every shadow within the corridors of our heart. One of the greatest shadows that I ever carried was the lack of forgiveness for my mother. The question is, what was it that I didn't forgive her for? Because when I go back and look at everything, there was nothing that she did that I needed to be concerned with. But I needed something to keep me on the up and up, to help me know that I'm the one that's right. I'm the one that's been done wrong. But with all the wrong that was done to Christ Jesus, he never once lashed out. He never once considered calling down a legion of angels to wipe out the planet. Even though he bared power to do so, I tell you this, they thank Christ Jesus and thank the spirit of the living God that it was him and not me because I would have taken this place out. I would not have been able to deal with it. I have proven to myself that I could not deal with the responsibilities that was given to me by the Lord for many years because I was addicted to my right to judge. I was addicted to the power that I had to put a man in his place. What business do I have to fix something that does not belong to me? For the Lord God said that I have created all things for myself, even the evil, even the wicked for that great and evil day. My question to you is where do you stand today? 
knowing that God has created all things for himself. What has he created you for? What is your purpose? And how have you walked in that purpose? Or how have you rejected the purpose? 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also we went and preached unto the spirits in prison. Very few today will accept the understanding of the fact that there must be a reestablishing of the foundation of the things of God in us, that we might be able to understand how to die to the flesh, that we might be quickened to the Spirit. The things of the flesh have taken us prisoner. We have taken the ecclesia, the called out ones, the very element of the spirit of God manifested to bring the people of this realm together. And we have turned it into what we call church. And we no longer allow the body to be assembled as one piece, but we separate it by names and by demonologies. For one says, I am Baptist. Another says, I am Episcopalian. And another one says, I am Catholic. But are we not called to be the sons of God? The clergy are those that would separate themselves from you. But the Lord God said that he is a respecter of no person. These things that have caused us to walk in our flesh, never dying to self, never being able to release the self-embodied insistence on being God on earth. We have been called to be the very evidence of God on earth through the spirit of the living God in Christ Jesus who abides in us this day. I tell you this hour, Search your heart. Where do you stand in the perception of transition from this life? Have you loved them so much and embraced them to the point that when you reach that tunnel of light, that they won't be able to bring you back because you'll run, knowing what's at the other end? It's a sad thing that we stand among one another and we mourn and we cry and we we travail over what we want to call the loss of what should be sons of God. Those who have professed and declared the mercy, the glory, and the grace of his Savior, but they leave here kicking, fighting, and screaming to stay in this wretched world. And we cry out to God to keep them here. Why do we fear death when there is no death to them that are in Christ Jesus. One thing that I can tell you is that when the spirit of the Lord lives in us, love abounds. It abounds through many things. And the greatest thing about love is that love isn't only embracing, but even as the word of God, love is correcting and chastising. The scripture tells us that if a father does not chastise his son, then he is a bastard child. Why do we run from the correction of the light that is with us right here in this realm? 
as long as you fear it and understand something. If you have an issue with this thing that we call death, with the transition into the next realm, then there is a problem. It means that there are two elements that have not come to abide within you. And the first one is that you have not died to the flesh, that you might be quickened in the spirit. It's easy to die to the flesh. The hard part is accepting that we don't have a choice but to do it. And when you decide that you will do it, that's the greatest affliction of them all. Because dying to the flesh means bearing the ability to carry the love of God. John, 1 John 4.17 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. It's easy to open our mouths and say that we love God, that we cherish him, that we lift him above all things. So why is there a fear of going into the embrace of his arms? I remember when my dad was taken to the hospital and they, they told him that his leg might have to be cut off eventually. I went in the hospital to see him, and my wife and I stretched our arms across the bed, and I, I prayed a selfish prayer. I said, Lord, I don't get a lot of time with my father, and I would like for no one to be there. Let it be just me and him and my wife. Be careful what you pray for Because that's just what God did The Lord saw that nobody came in The entire time that we were there We stretched our arms across the bed And we prayed for him And one thing About truly loving God And wanting him in the midst of what you do Your prayers become His will When we joined hands And I began to pray All I could do was just worship him Praise and exalt him and declare his might and his majesty. When it was all over and we had dried our eyes and come back to the reality of the moment, my dad looked at me and he said, boy, you know I'm going home tomorrow. And I looked at him and I said, no, dad, you're going to be in here for a little while. And he laughed like Paul Rubb and the Hillbilly Bears. <laughs> eh, eh. No, boy, I'm going home. And I looked at him and I said, oh, he'll be all right. I walked out of the room and it hit me what he was telling me. I turned and looked at the door and the Lord said, leave this place. Your goodbyes have been said. The next morning they found him the way he slept, sitting straight up, one eye wide open and his mouth open. I cried at his funeral, but I cried tears of joy. See, there's so many things that the Lord desires for you to do in this life. But what if what he desired for you to do was to be evidence that there is no fear 
of what is known to be death because perfect love casts out all fear. He only had one opportunity to show me how to lead this life, and he showed me. And I think he got an A on the test. It wasn't long after that that my older brother, I was on my way from Richmond, Virginia to Washington, D.C., and I was led in my spirit to stop and see him. I hadn't seen him in about six or seven years. And when I saw him, he told me that he had done all that he could do, that everything God had commissioned for him had been put in place. And he told me that the afflictions of this life had become so great that it was more than he could bear. And he said, I have sought the Lord for retirement. And I, I, what do you mean retirement? You're not working. You're on disability. It's funny how God will work because my brother was making $160,000 a year. And he got a condition where he would just all of a sudden black out at any time. So he had to go on disability, still making almost 100000 a year. But God sat him still so that he could start writing the publications that he had in his spirit. And that's how he has to do sometimes. He has to sit us still. He has to separate us from the things of this light that command our full attention. But in any case, my brother told me that he wasn't going to be with me long, and there were some things he needed to tell me. He told me some things that revealed them. He gave me prophecies that revealed themselves within the following months. But the next morning I was on my way back to D.C., and my mother called me and asked me to stop and see him because he was take, being taken to the hospital. When I got there and kissed his forehead, it was he was still warm. His wife told me that she had gotten up to get ready for dialysis, and her my brother rolled over, her husband rolled over, and he said, you can turn the light on if you want. And she said to him, no. And before she could say, you need your sleep, she heard the air come out of him and everything else because the body's muscles release. She ran around the bed and checked his pulse. She was a, a nurse. She ran around, checked his pulse. He was gone. She started CPR and called an ambulance. When he said you could turn the light on if you want, I believe he saw that light at the end of the tunnel. But his wife thought he was talking to her. Once again, I attended a funeral with a joy a joy of one who I knew committed his heart and endeavor to fulfill God's will and was told, come in the house, my good and faithful servant. The weather is a little bit too rough for you. The wife that I walk with now was a prophecy over my life by my deceased wife. My deceased wife for two years kept telling me, I'm not going to be with you. I'm going to be with my father, but he's got a wonderful wife for you described her to me in every entity of her spirit and personality. And she's with me now. I am blessed to have been exposed to three people who have shown me what it means to truly embrace the perfect love that comes from God, a love that will cause you to be free even 
while bond, for we are bond servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. But in our bondage, we are not enslaved. We are given power to make the choice to stay or go. And too many of us will not make the choice to stay. We go and we come when we feel there's something that we need from the Father. My question is, are you ready for the light? And I'm not talking about the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm talking about the very light that is the glory of God that lives about you this day. A light that speaks the truth of all of who you are. A light that will not judge you for the things that are not yet to change, but a light that will give you power to change today where you need to change. The greatest part about it is that so many look up into the sky and wake up in the middle of the night and look across the room expecting to see some miraculous occurrence when the miraculous occurrence is coming from the very lips of the elders of the church that are speaking a word of change to you, but you won't hear it. The very light is coming even from the lips of a child who has seen in his time of submission to parents right from wrong. The word says the child will lead them. And we can get very restricted about hearing a child. As we are even children, we don't want to hear. It's unbelievable. We even have a hard time receiving from the police officer that pulls us over for speeding. Rejectful of authority. The body of Christ wants to declare a man's legitimacy or right in God according to all of the things that he's accomplished by their hand. But I tell you, the Apostle Paul threw away everything. He threw it all away to say that I am nothing but whatsoever I do for Christ today. It's not an easy walk. That's why so many are so rejectful, because they know it's not an easy walk. Can you honestly accept that there are times in your life that you have turned your love for God or your belief in his ability to provide for your life into a spiritual lottery board? Many of us have. We won't admit it, but we have. I stand this day undaunted in telling you that I know even in this day, there have been four to five hours that there was something that the Lord had for me to do, and I just plain old didn't want to do it because I didn't feel like doing it yet. So whatever it is that the Lord would have of you, are you like I was today? Do you decide when you're going to do what it is that God has for you? Or do you stand waiting with the hope of hearing his voice, knowing the blessing of receiving direction from him. Plain and simple, if we are offended by the light through this life, you will be terrified by the light on the way out. This isn't a real hard subject. The hard part is for us to look within ourselves, find who we are, find who we're hindering and who we're lifting. 
More than anything, we have to find where have we pulled down the shades so that the light within will not show not only to us, but it will not show to others as well. I know that we have uh, Mother James from Anointed Word Fellowship, Pastor Dexter McCree on the line. Mother James, you are now live. Would you like to comment? Hello? Hello? Hello, Mother James. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I'm just listening in and taking all the good things that God has put in your spirit and to show it out to the world that he is God, and besides he, there is no other. Yeah. And I thank because with him we can't do nothing. We are dead in our sin. We we can't do a thing, but with God we, we can do all things. Yes. Yeah. As I was saying, um, you know, God gave us the power to do things, but we don't do it because <laughs> why we fail to do it. But he said he didn't say he said go and um, go out to the nation, and and we 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 take we're not going out with power to do what God called us to do. If we don't do it with power, it have no kind of effect on on what God called us to do. We have to yeah. have that power of God. He said, I'll give you power to tread upon scorpions and serpents and upon the enemy. But if we don't have any power, the enemy and the scorpions will eat us up. Yes. Because we have no power. God has given us that power to stand strong, to do what he called us to do, and to do it wisely. If we go to God and listen to his voice, he will direct you and tell you exactly what he wants you to do. Not to do it on your own will, but on the will of God. We have no power of our own, but on Christ. On Christ, the solid rock we stand, all of the ground. <laughs> the sinking sand. If we don't mm. stand on that solid rock, we're going to sink. We there you stand are. On, we stand on our own self, our own flesh, our own belief, and not on our God's way. It, 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 we're in real trouble. We have to stand on the promises of God. Yes. And once we the promises of God, He will direct our path, He will show us what to do, and He will be with us through eternity. Mm. We die in sin. Mm. But we we have to, to know that God is still God. He never leaves us nor forsake us and He take all that sin. And he threw it in the sea of forgetfulness. And yeah. we had to, to do these things, put throw our sins away and trust God. Trust God. We can't trust ourselves because we 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 weak to our own self. But if we trust God, 
he will make a way which seems there's no way. <laughs> and the greatest way that he makes is a doorway that he gives us out of our own understanding into his. That's right. I think that's that's the biggest problem that I've felt that I fought with was I knew too much, and I tried to accomplish things according to my understanding. Because you see, at the time your your flesh was weak. Your flesh was weak at that time, that you you couldn't get that understanding. Yeah. Now the spirit moved from one stage to another. He is have you in position to do what you're going to do right now. Yes. <laughs> Thank God he has had a whole lot more patience than I had. Amen, 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 amen. Full of patience. Yes, yes. I've, I've, I've been told before that once we understand who we are in him, then we have to forget who we thought we were in ourselves. Amen? Mm. Because the adversary is constantly speaking within our our psyche. He's always in our mind, establishing Mm -hmm. us to be someone other than who God intends us to be. He wants Mm. us to be weak when we're strong. He wants us to be great when we should be small. And I'm, I I can honestly tell you that there have been many days I've stuck my chest out and said, I don't have to take this. Mm-hmm. But praise God, that was not Jesus, the viewpoint of Christ. Because right. that was his viewpoint. You know, mm-hmm. He was honest with the Father. He was honest. He revealed a spirit of humanity within himself. When he said, "If it's any way, let this pass from me." From me. But mm-hmm. nevertheless, your will is not mine. <laughs> not my will, but thy will. Amen. Amen. Mm. Well, Mother James, uh, we're going to ask you if you'll uh, close us with a prayer. Amen. Are you up to that? Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for this line, O oh God, that it will go out to the world, O oh God, that people will see the glory of God. Father, we thank you, God, for this day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you, O oh God, for your promise never, ever to leave us nor forsake us. You stand on your word, O oh God, because if it wasn't for you, where would we be? I thank you, Lord, for God, for you are the God that he let be. And we thank you, O oh God, that you will put these, these messages on the line, O oh God. It will go out into the areas of where it's supposed to go, O oh God, that somebody, God, will get the word, will get the, the, the notes, will get everything that it was sent out, Lord God. Father, we thank you, O oh God, for our past, our Apostle John. And we thank you, Lord, for him going into this world, into this message, O oh God. Because we think, you know, God is not a man to lie. He stands on his word. 
And when we die in Christ, we die with him and we die for him. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, O God, for greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. We bless your holy name. We, we thank you, Lord. We thank you because, God, you are God, and besides you, there is no other. Lord, we lift you up on high this hour, Lord God, and we worship you this hour, Lord God, and we know, God, that you will do all things through Christ that strengthen us. Strengthen us today. Give us the light that we would see the tunnel, O oh God. Father, we thank you. We praise you. In no other name but in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen, amen. Well, Mother James, we like to thank you so much for that prayer. And we thank each and every one of you in the Internet radio world that's going, that are currently listening to the broadcast, as well as those of you who will hear the broadcast from the archive. I would like to reiterate 1 John 4:16 through 19, for there is no fear in love, but perfect love. Cast it out here. First yeah. Peter three eighteen. For Christ also had once suffered sins for the just, for the unjust. Mm. And that tells you that no matter how correct we think we are, sometimes we gotta lay down for someone else that isn't. And last yeah. but not least, James one, thirteen through eighteen. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God tempts no man. But when mm. a man hath lust when he goes forward, drawn of his own lust, when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. Today, this day, seek the Lord about where you really are. Let no man tell you. And when I say no man, that includes you. Let no man tell you where you are, but let the revelation of the Spirit of God give precedence of your position. You are on a journey as an ambassador in a strange land, let the Father be your directive. Let him configure you in the moments. Let him get you beyond every spirit of fear, for there is no fear. That Amen. is the of God. No fear, for he does not give fear, but love and a sound mind. If we should fear anything, let us fear displeasing him. We're going to close this session with, how will it be thy name, Ron Canoli? We thank you all for joining us, and we encourage you to visit us at theapostlescorner.com uh, for the current workshops that's going on, uh, the Intestinal Fortitude Workshop, which are both audio and video. We look forward to seeing you next Saturday at 7 p.m. May the grace, majesty, might, power, and omnipotence of a God of all creation be evident in your lives in each and every endeavor of your day.